0: Welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Bible Study. For broadcast times in your area of these studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now it's time to begin our Sunday study with your speaker, Chris McCann. Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Afternoon Bible Study. Today is study number one of Joel chapter two. We're going to be reading the first two verses of Joel chapter two. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of Jehovah cometh. For it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains. A great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the light, Neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. And I'll stop reading here. Now in Joel chapter 1, we saw that there was a tremendous emphasis upon the great tribulation, God's judgment, which began at the house of God, the churches and congregations of the world. But in Joel chapter 2, the focus is going to transition To God's final judgment of the world. And, and verse one, uh, begins that shift where it says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of Jehovah cometh for it is nigh at hand. And of course the day of Jehovah is judgment day and at, at this point, at the beginning of the chapter, God is speaking of blowing the trumpet and, and, uh, in Zion and sounding alarm in His holy mountain in order that the people hear and, 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 and that's why it says, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble because the trumpet is a warning sound to, uh, warn the people that Judgment Day is approaching. And in this opening verse, notice it says, The day of Jehovah cometh, for it is nigh at hand. It doesn't say it's there as yet. And this relates to God's opening up the information from His Word in the time of the Great Tribulation, which is the time of the end, the time of the judgment on the church, and and while God opened up information about his judgment on the church he also revealed the final appointed day of judgment that it would occur on or would begin on May 21, 2011 that would be judgment day and God had his people sound the alarm of that day of judgment to uh, broadcast it into all the nations of the world that they might hear, and and so that's the focus. And then in verse two and following, God continues on to explain what that day will be like. A judgment day will be a day of darkness and of gloominess, and and this great people and a strong this great army will go forth in the day of judgment and we'll see that that great army represents the true believers who are judging the world with God as the Lord says in 1 Corinthians 6 know ye not that the saints shall judge the world well that's the whole company of the saints it's the 10,000 saints the number 10,000 representing the completeness of all those that God has saved but Let's uh, uh, back up to verse 1. And uh, again, the first part of the verse says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my uh, holy mountain. And this is similar uh, language to what we find in the book of Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 4. Jeremiah 4, and verses 5 and 6 say, Declare ye in Judah, and publish in Jerusalem, and say, Blow ye the trumpet in land, cry, gather together, and say, Assemble yourselves, and let us go into the defense cities. Set up a standard towards Zion. Retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and a great destruction. Now, here, God is uh, speaking of uh, bringing the Babylonians, they're the evil from the north under King Nebuchadnezzar, a type of Satan. And it's picturing the judgment that came against the, the New Testament churches. But notice, declare in Judah, publish in Jerusalem, is similar to blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain as uh, Zion and and holy mountain would relate to um the, the people of God. And that is, uh, where God wanted the message of the warning that the church age was over, that his judgment was upon the congregations. Now, God also wanted the elect to hear of judgment day. And, and, uh, because it was his plan that through the message of the appointed day of judgment being proclaimed to all the earth, That he would save his elect. He would, he would save Zion. He would save his holy mountain of Jerusalem. The, the spiritual Jerusalem. And so the message had to go into all the world in order for those that were predestinated to salvation in order for them to hear. Well, now, let, let's uh, take a closer look at the word trumpet that's used in Joel 2, verse 1. Now, uh, when it says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, obviously the Lord does not expect His people to blow literal trumpets. We're not qualified to do that. There might be a couple people who can blow a trumpet blast and, and, um, uh, but we that, that's, of course, not what he has in mind when he speaks of blowing a trumpet. But the blowing of the trumpet relates to the sounding of the word of God. For instance, uh, since we're in Jeremiah, turn over to Jeremiah 6, and we'll read a few verses here. I'll read verse 1 of Jeremiah chapter 6. O ye children of Benjamin... Gather yourselves to flee out of the midst of Jerusalem, and blow the trumpet in Tekoa, and set up a sign of fire in Beth-Harsium, for evil appeareth out of the north, and great destruction. And again, the warning of the Babylonians. And then in verse 16, beginning in verse 16 of Jeremiah 6, Thus saith Jehovah, Stand ye in the ways, and see... And ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Therefore hear ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth. Behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. Now, God says he set watchmen over the people, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet, but they said, we will not hearken. And uh, who were, these watchmen, well, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, other other true prophets of the Lord, or true believers, that that told the people the word of God. Jeremiah especially was used of God to uh, let them know that they were being judged by God for their unfaithfulness. And remember, God uh, had Jeremiah tell the Jews. You must go into captivity to Babylon. And they refused to hearken. They refused to listen with obedience is what hearkening means. Or, or taking active, um, when they hear the warning of God to actively obey by doing, by going forth into captivity is what they should have done. And God tells us that's what He means by trumpet, because verse 17 He says, hearken to the sound of the trumpet, but they said, we will not hearken. And then in verse 19, the Lord says, um, He's bringing evil upon the people, because they have not hearkened not to the trumpet, but they have not hearkened unto my words, nor. To my law but rejected it and that equates the trumpet with the word of God, the law of God, the Bible. and we're not surprised at that because that that is the biblical definition um, when we search out trumpet in the Bible, uh, for instance in the book of Revelation in Revelation chapter 1. It says in verse 10, and, and this is uh, the Apostle John, who is on the island of Patmos. In Revelation 1.10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book. And, and then it continues... So John heard a great voice behind him as of a trumpet, and that voice, that great voice was saying he is Alpha and Omega. Well, that's, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Lord Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh. So John heard the Word of God, and it was as a trumpet. Well, that's um, exactly what the Lord is saying in Jeremiah 6 in these verses that he sounded the trumpet to the people of Judah, and the people of Judah rejected the sound of the trumpet, and it wasn't a literal trumpet. God didn't have someone go up into the watchtower and blow a literal trumpet, Uh, that the Babylonians are coming, and another year or two years or however long uh, it would be. No, he had his prophet declare that they would be destroyed by a people out of the north. A great evil comes out of the north, and and it was the word of God. Now, we also find the trumpet in view in the book of Ezekiel, and... um, Many of us are familiar with this passage because we went to it often in the time period leading up to um, May 21, 2011. Uh, it, It was a passage that the Lord used to direct us in sharing the information that he had given us concerning the approach of Judgment Day. And Uh, And uh, let me just read it from verse 1 in Ezekiel 33, and I'll read the first six verses. Again, the word of Jehovah came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coasts, and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet, and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, And uh, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned. If the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood, why, require at the watchman's hand. And and in this passage, passage, God is stressing the great importance for the people of God Who see the sword coming. And again, sword represents the word of God also. As Hebrews 4.12 tells us, uh, the word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Well, when God at the time of the end, as he told Daniel, opens up the scriptures. He takes off the seals to reveal time and judgment. To reveal the, uh, timeline of the Great Tribulation and with the timeline of the Great Tribulation at the conclusion of the Great Tribulation you have Judgment Day and, and, and so forth and God gives this information to His people and then He stirs up His people to carry the message to all the world because, well, um, of passages like this. This is God speaking to his elect who are the watchmen and and letting them know, look, if you see the sword coming, that is through understanding of the Bible, you you recognize that we're at the time of the end, that judgment has already begun on the church, and we're living in that period. And now look at all this biblical information that that has been opened up to your understanding. Uh, for instance, the 23-year uh, period of the great tribulation, uh, the exact 8400th day falling on that day May 21, 2011, and 7000 years from the flood also coming in that same year and that day May 21, 2011, having the uh, underlying Hebrew calendar date that matches perfectly with the date of the flood 7,000 years earlier and so forth. And all the biblical evidence that we learn is God revealing the sword of judgment that is coming on the land, on the whole earth, on that appointed day. It was God Putting his finger on a date. Now you, you have that information. Now you have that understanding. What are you going to do with it? Will you blow the trumpet? And again, what is the trumpet? But the word of God. Will you share this truth, this, this word with others? And if you do, well, then you saw the sword. You blew the trumpet, and and then you're free from their blood. You you have no uh, guilt or or responsibility or sin. Uh, it, if you warn people, and even if they don't take warning, if they fail to take warning, well then their blood is on their hands. It's on their head, and it's not on yours. But if you know these things in advance as God warns ahead of time, and, and that is the biblical pattern that we see throughout the Bible. If you know these things in advance of the judgment and you you do not warn the people, well, then that's your sin. Their blood is on your hands. And so God uh, put this information in front of his people. and And of course, those that were his people through his spirit, which moved in them to will and do of his good pleasure, felt the tremendous responsibility and, and their duty was to warn the people of the world. And, and so they did like never before. And in a completely unprecedented manner, God's elect got the message of judgment day out to the world. And all the nations of the world heard the, that this would be the day. This was the trumpet warning that was broadcast into all the earth, and God used this message to save a great multitude of people. now uh, the the primary message that was broadcast uh, I can tell you that was on the billboards was may twenty one 2011, Judgment Day, and, and and the thousands of billboards that were all over the earth, and some people only saw the billboards, that the message was Judgment Day. It didn't say anything about the rapture, it didn't say anything about the character of Judgment Day, just Judgment Day, and so most people in the world heard that message, that it would be judgment day. Now we were incorrect about uh what would happen um as we we would explain and and uh, if anyone asked, well it would be the time of the rapture and we we had some uh misunderstandings concerning that because God had a spiritual Judgment in view, and we misunderstood that it would be physical and a great earthquake and things like that. But the uh, overwhelming important thing was the proclamation to the world, it is Judgment Day, and that was correct, that was true, and that the people hearing that warning had up until that day to seek the Lord in in uh which they might uh, uh experience salvation if God granted them mercy that was the all important task that God assigned to his people because the world must hear that the door of heaven will shut on that day you you have until that time to seek the lord while he may be found and and that's uh was the urgency, the urgent message that God gave to his people, uh, get this word out because the door will shut on that time, on that day and and in order for those elect to be saved, they had to hear the word of God in order for God to use his word to save them. Well, notice here in Ezekiel 33 We read the first six verses, but notice verse 7. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. That's the watchman's trumpet. We hear the word at God's mouth. We warn the people from God. This is what God is saying in his word the Bible. Now, I think we should also recognize that the Lord's people did this out of love. Remember what Jesus said, "If you love me, keep my commandments." As we searched the Bible and studied the Bible, we saw the the Bible point to a day in a, an astounding way, and it was locked in May 21, 2011. And with that information, and also with passages like Ezekiel 33, that just um, highlights the tremendous urgency and importance for being faithful and sharing what you hear from the Bible, especially related to an approaching sword of judgment. And then God's people did exactly that and they, they sounded the trumpet and they warned the people out of love for the, for God, for the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, and secondly, out of love for our fellow man, out of love for our neighbors. We did not want them to perish. We did not want them to die without warning because the hope was if we can share this with them well then they can take warning they can go to God and God's a merciful God and and especially at that time God is saving a great multitude of people from from the nations of the world outside of the churches it it was a a tremendous time of salvation, a great door and effectual was open at that time. And so we, we strongly desired that people hear and we prayed, oh Lord, that they might hear and beseech you for mercy. And, and that's why we, we did share the message. And that's why when people say, oh, don't you feel terrible and don't you feel guilty that that you were wrong and and you told people things that weren't true well first of all the overwhelming important information that it was judgment day that god would complete his salvation that people had from the the point of hearing that warning up until that date of may 21 2011 to seek the lord for salvation and all that was completely true and accurate, and and they needed to hear it. But concerning the other information that we misunderstood, and, and we didn't look for the spiritual judgment as as we should have at first, and and the the rapture and information like that was incorrect. Well. I I feel bad whenever I, I misunderstand something in the Bible. I feel bad for instance that um I I misunderstood the doctrine of hell for many years and like everybody else in, in the world, uh misunderstood the doctrine of hell practically, or I feel bad that I misunderstood the the teaching of Christ dying from the foundation of the world and and I, I taught for some time that he paid for sins at the cross. Well, that was an error. That was a, a misunderstanding that we made correction, but I feel bad, but I don't, I don't, I don't feel guilty. I don't feel terrible because I understand that truth is controlled by God. And especially when there's a truth that no one else has ever known before. It's not like it was out there, that there was a Bible study that laid out everything, and and um, there, there was just a refusal to look at it. There was no Bible study. There was no information. No one out there had it correct, because that means God did not yet open up the information. He's in control of what his people know when they know it. For instance, concerning the cross, Christ told them directly that the Son of Man must be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights and, and be crucified. And he told the disciples directly, and they misunderstood. They didn't get it. And was was that their error? Oh yes, yes, there, there's a, a lack of understanding on their part. They should have understood, especially as Jesus told them directly. But also, obviously, it is God who controls what his people see in their understanding, in their enlightenment, and what they do not see. And it wasn't God's plan for the people of God at that time to have understanding of the true nature of the cross and and uh, the events of the cross until afterwards when Christ would rise from the dead and then well they would they would um, see and 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 Christ at, uh in uh, for instance when he was on the road to Emmaus with a couple of disciples he began to explain the scriptures and i'm sure they were going, "Oh, now i understand. Now i see why you had to be turned over to the Roman authorities and crucified and died. We thought that you were that that we were mistaken. We thought you were the Messiah and all had gone wrong. And yet it was all according to the predetermined plan of God, perfectly uh, according to the will of God. Oh, now we understand. You see, that's how God operates. He's in control of what is understood and what uh, his people do not understand. And, and you know, when people say, well, it, it, it's when, when you don't feel miserable, when you don't feel so awful that uh, you didn't have everything correct. Well, now we've been corrected. Now we've learned information as God has continued to open it up, uh, as he did after the cross, after Judgment Day. We're learning of what took place on Judgment Day, the spiritual nature of it, like the disciples learned after the cross, the true nature of the cross. It, It is sometimes how God works and for a man to say well you know i i didn't understand that the earthquake would be spiritual that judgment day would be of a spiritual character and oh i should have known i should have known and to you know um, mope around and and feel guilty and apologize to everyone again and again and again well that's pride that is Um, the workings of pride, because it's as though someone's saying, well, I should know the Bible. I should know the teaching of the Word of God. Well, is that what the Bible tells us? The Bible tells us that we don't know anything, that we have no ability of ourselves to discern truth, it's only by the grace of God. It's only by the mercy of God that he opens up our understanding to reveal the truths that he has. And and I acknowledge that. I fully admit that I don't know anything apart from the grace of God. And, and when God wants to impart that knowledge and impart that understanding well i uh i recognize that's his business and and he'll do it when he does it so i uh, yes it's true i don't feel the the least bit bothered by uh the fact that we didn't have everything uh, fully correct and and yet now after the fact we have learned a correct understanding of, of those things. Well, let's go to Amos chapter 3. Amos 3, and we'll read verses 6 through 8. It says in Amos 3, verse 6, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city, and Jehovah hath not done it? Surely the Lord Jehovah will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared, who will not fear? The Lord Jehovah hath spoken, who can but prophesy? Now notice again, it starts off in verse 6, Shall a trumpet be blown? And then it leads into... God revealing his secret to his his servants, the prophets. And God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? You see the connection between trumpet and the word of God being revealed and prophesying um, as a result, which would be the equivalent of blowing the trumpet. And that's exactly what God did. He told Daniel seal up the word till the time of the end, and then in Daniel twelve four uh, he said that knowledge will increase, that is, once the word is unsealed at the time of the end, then uh, you will gain understanding. Knowledge will increase concerning time and judgment, and Then uh, God has then revealed his secret to his servants who can but prophesy who will blow the trumpet to warn the people of the world. It's exactly what we've seen concerning the trumpet in other places. Now, we've been talking about and focusing on the trumpet sounding in the day of the Great Tribulation leading up to... Judgment day, but, you know, we, we have to wonder, is there some duty or responsibility for the child of God to blow the trumpet today? After all, we are learning that God would have us to prophesy again, not in evangelizing the world that people might be saved, But in the reaping process, in publishing the news that Babylon has fallen, uh, that is that the world is under the judgment of God, it's the same thing. In a sense, we have to get the word out to all the nations of the world. And Revelation 10 speaks of prophesying again. Well, does that mean we blow the trumpet? Well, let's look at Matthew 24 Matthew 24, and verse 29, just to set the context, says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels or messengers with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So here, this is immediately after the tribulation. And if... Uh, we were to go through this, which we don't have time to do, but uh, in these verses, in verse 29, it's speaking of a spiritual judgment. The lights of the gospel are put out. Verse 30 is describing Christ coming in the clouds, and clouds relate to the word of God as we see the judgment of God In the scripture, we're seeing Christ coming in the clouds spiritually. And we have also seen that God has sent forth the messengers in Revelation 15 and 16. Seven messengers, or angels, carrying the seven last vials full of the wrath of God. In Revelation 14, he sends in the sickle, and the word send... Which is translated thrust in the King James Bible is a word that relates to sending messengers and, and God tells us as the sickle is sent in to reap the earth that the people of God are the reapers. The angels or messengers are the reapers. And, and here too, he, he shall send his messengers with a great sound of a trumpet. Now what is a trumpet again or what is the biblical definition? It is the proclamation of the word of God. And and the Lord Jesus Christ when he speaks, it's like a trumpet blast. And and so as God opens his word, uh, continues to reveal the the righteous revelation of the judgment of God in the day of the, the wrath of God. This is like a trumpet sound and his messengers go forth carrying that news carrying the information such as Jeremiah 50 verse 2 commands us to do publish these things, conceal them not but publish and say Babylon is taken and then notice it says the messengers with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. And that is the reaping. It's very similar to sending in the sickle and, and, um, the, the other language that we've seen in the Bible concerning God's people being actively involved in the gathering in, the bringing in of the elect. Now, it it's um, significant that October 7th in 2015 is the last day of tabernacles, as God relates that day to the day of the resurrection or or the rapture, uh, the, the last day of earth's history using the phrase last day. It's twice used in relationship to tabernacles and six times used concerning judgment and and raising you up at the last day. But also it's significant that October 7th, 2015 is the last day of harvest and the final harvest, the feast of ingathering. Remember that that's actually the term the Bible uses in the Old Testament, It is the Feast of Ingathering. And here we find, as we've been involved recently, as God has revealed through His Word, the Bible, what we should be doing in this time is sharing this information or blowing the trumpet. And as we do so, the elect will be gathered. You know, um, just to use a small example, on Facebook, uh, eBible has opened up several groups. And they're, they're basically designed to bring in people for this very purpose. For instance, we have a group called The Bible Answers Muslims' Questions. And it was started just this year, in May, I think. And by August, there was about 300 members. But since August, it's just been snowballing, or, or more and more people have been coming in, and now we have well over 10,000 people, that many are Muslim, coming in from various nations to the group that is titled, The Bible Answers Muslims' Questions. And actually, the pace is... Picking up more and more now, um, several thousand people are joining um, each month. But but it, it is I'm just mentioning this. Of course, there's a great multitude, and and ten thousand isn't anything in comparison to the great multitude. But I'm just mentioning this because it is a very good example of what God would have us to do. To Bring in people to hear the true gospel. Feed my sheep is the command, the driving command for the people of God during this time. And you also have to publish to all the nations in order to feed the sheep. But the sheep come and we feed them. And in a group like that, when 10,000 or however many join, one post reaches all of them. And also this is the same function with the pages on Facebook and so forth. But it's very interesting that these things are beginning to mushroom or the effects of them are beginning to enlarge and get bigger as more and more people come in as we're getting closer to the final day of the Feast of in And I expect that this is just going to greatly increase in numerous ways. Or let's put it another way. Why is it that suddenly that eBible is able to broadcast into mainland China one hour every day and, and to reach tens of millions of people with this very message? Now, we're not going to be able to gather them, although... Although God has opened up an opportunity with what is called a QQ group, which is similar to Facebook. And we're just starting to mention in the broadcast that the Chinese listener can go to an bible fellowship group called QQ that has Chinese-speaking individuals that have been in that group for some time and following these uh, studies of e-Bible and believing them and they will be able to meet with those. Now I expect that many people, uh, in mainland China will go into that group. And, uh, and again, it's a form of gathering and it is in keeping with what God would have his people to do at this time. We, we are to gather together the elect to gather them around the Word of God so that the Word of God can minister to them and spiritually nourish them and spiritually feed them. Well, uh, let's also look at Revelation chapter 8 concerning the trumpet. In this time of Judgment Day, in Revelation 8, there were seven angels having seven trumpets, and four of them sounded to proclaim judgment on the third part. And that had to do with God beginning judgment at the house of God, judgment on the churches. But then in verse 13 of Revelation 8, it says, And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. And, and then verse, uh, chapter nine, verse one, the fifth angel sounded. I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth and, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit and, and the trumpets begin to sound. And that's the transition to the final judgment on the world. And Revelation nine speaks of the trumpet sounding. And then in Revelation chapter 10, we sort of have an interlude of sorts in the midst of these three trumpets. The, the, the trumpets sound, um, and, and then in Revelation 11, uh, the second trumpet ceases to sound in verse 14, and the third woe or trumpet comes quickly. And, and so Revelation 9 has to do with the trumpet, Revelation 11 has to do with the sounding of these final three trumpets. And Revelation 10 is given right in, uh, in the middle. And notice in verse 10 of, of Revelation chapter 10, it says, And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Now, isn't that interesting that God, uh, we know from elsewhere in the Bible, from the verses we've looked at earlier in this study, that God likens the trumpet to his word. And he also says that when he speaks... Who can but prophesy? Remember, he said that back in Amos. And and we know from Ezekiel 33, when you see the sword come, you must blow the trumpet, or you must prophesy. You must warn the people of the trumpet blast. Well, we're not to warn people today. There's nothing to warn them about because uh, each person's spiritual condition is set and established and fixed Forever. It will never change. Now the righteous, the saved, will be righteous or saved still, and the filthy or unsaved will be filthy or unsaved still. That cannot change. Warning people blowing the trumpet will not change that. Yet in the sense that the trumpet just simply is the word of God and the truth of God's word, God blows the trumpet in the day of judgment we saw from Matthew 24 31 with a great sound of a trumpet, the messengers go forth to gather the elect. And, and, and so here in revelation chapter nine through 11, the three final trumpets are sounding in the day of judgment. And God makes a point in revelation 10 of stopping everything in a sense to to draw our attention to this fact that you must prophesy again. And actually, look at verses 2 and 3 of Revelation 10. And he had in his hand a little book open, which is the Bible, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth, and when he had cried, seven thunders utter their voices. Remember what we read in Amos three uh, concerning the lion. Let me go back there just to remind us. I know I have a very short memory, but in Amos chapter three, in in verse six, shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city, and Jehovah has not done it? Surely the Lord Jehovah will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared, who will not fear? The Lord Jehovah has spoken, who can but prophesy? And the Apostle John heard a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And that means God has spoken, who can but prophesy and, and God is indicating we must prophesy again uh, in order to sound the trumpet in the reaping process to gather together the elect. We share the information that's coming out of the Bible at this time. All right let's go back to Joel chapter 2 and verse one blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of Jehovah cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains. A great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. Well, um, I I really don't have time to get into verse 2. At this point, uh, but uh, Lord willing, in our next study in Joel 2, we'll talk about this and and um, each of these words. And we do know that the Bible stresses Judgment Day is a time of darkness and of gloominess. And that's a very interesting word. And we'll, we'll look at a few things if you want to do some study in advance. We're going to look at that great people in a strong and see what the Bible has to say about that. And also, we're going to look at this statement that there has never been uh, anything like this, uh, even to the years of many generations. It sort of reminds us of that statement in Matthew 24 that says, and I'll I'll read it, in Matthew 24, um, verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time, no, nor ever shall be. But Joel 2, verse 2, isn't speaking of the Great Tribulation, it's speaking of Judgment Day. And why is it that the Great Tribulation is, is singled out as a period unlike any other time? And But isn't Judgment Day far worse? Isn't what we've learned concerning Judgment Day, that God has ended salvation for all the world far worse than those things that took place during the Great Tribulation? And how how can we understand that? Well, we'll look into that also uh, in our next Bible study. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship Sunday Bible Study. For more information or to hear additional Bible studies, be sure to visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com.